0: Welcome to a new edition of The Famous Interviews with Joe D'Amino. On this episode, we talk with former athlete, entrepreneur, writer, and creative Skip Flanagan. He is an ex-athlete that played basketball at Texas Southern University and also Oregon Tech, where he broke the three-point goal record. He is also a musician and writer. He also has a small business called Spot Houston. He is 54 years young and excited about his future, and he wants to open up about it. Enjoy this interview. Well, man, it's great to meet you, and I want to begin you our were. conversation with Speaking of crazy, going uh, through the last four years, we're getting on that that COVID anniversary. How did right. you get through that pandemic period, and how did it change
1: you? Well, that was uh, – I think that's, that's amazing that you asked that question because I think a lot of people forget that we just went through something that was so catastrophic, you know what I'm saying? But I think we as Americans have gotten conditioned to be – you know, so resilient when it comes to something like that, because we've been at war since, what, 2000? You know, we still haven't fully recovered from being in that state of war. But I actually have my own business, and I actually did some stuff. You know, I had talked to a guy, you know, I work outside, so he was telling me about the lemon thing. So I was eating the lemons while everybody was catching COVID. Yeah, I never caught it. Oh, so wow. I didn't, I didn't but uh it did affect my business because of it changed the mindset of the workers you know so you had having well you know a lot of people were getting a lot of free money and a lot of people wouldn't show up to work so it was it was hard it, you know and it just starts smoothing it out like this last I want to say year so
0: yeah, yeah it it was pretty heavy. So let's get to the heart and soul of exactly what you do do for a living. If I put you in front of a bunch of third graders at Career Day and one of the kids says, Hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child?
1: I'm an entrepreneur uh, and I, I started a landscaping business. Landscaping was something that I wanted to do because my daddy had a landscaping business in Louisiana and he showed me how to do landscaping. That's something that, uh, I took on and made it out of a bigger business. He had a smaller business and I've made it out of big, bigger business and it's still growing.
0: So you were, uh, your background is being an athlete, correct? Basketball? Yeah. I
1: played basketball. Yeah. Okay. All right. That was, that was my first pass. <laughs>
0: so, so how did all these seeds get into you to become an athlete and to, you know, obviously your dad had the business, but how did all of this kind of become who you are
1: today? Well, my dad loves sports, you know, and, uh, I actually didn't stay with my dad. I had my, my dad had me outside his marriage. But uh my cousin is Rodney Hampton, he played for the New York Giants. And uh it's it's in our lineage in Louisiana, but you know, my mom and mom always put me in Lily football and stuff like that. So I love sports, you know, and I just automatically excelled in it. And that's all I wanted to be. I wanted to be a pro football player, but I had ended up getting a concussion, so I started playing basketball. So End up being real good in basketball, all district, all city in Houston, and uh, end up going to college, playing in okay. college.
0: So what about heroes? Who's been a hero for you in your life?
1: Man, I had a bunch of them. Uh, you know, I, I used to like to read, you know, because in school I always said I wanted to be, you know, somebody great. You know what I'm saying? I, I always I, I always wanted to be like my dad. I used to tell people I want to be like my dad, but I wanted to be a millionaire businessman. So one of my uh role models was OJ Simpson. I used to watch OJ and Muhammad Ali. You know, Muhammad Ali was also in Langston Who's when it came to writing, but it was it was like I had so many. When we was growing up, you know, like I tell a lot of people, television was different from what it is now. You only had three stations. So to get on TV back then, you had to be the good guy. You know, you didn't have to be the bad guy, you had to be the good guy. Yeah. So you know, out and back then, if you, the good guy meant you had to have straight teeth, you had to look good, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And you had to say the right thing. So when I heard Muhammad Ali speak, it was like, man, that guy is, is brilliant, you know? And then you'll see him talking with Howard Cosell, I'm like, man, how can he sit up here and conversation with these white guys? And I say, so I wanted to be like Muhammad Ali. Nice. You know, he, he was diverse, you know, so I was like, man, that's cool. So when I saw O.J., same thing. So those were the role models that we had growing up. And John F. Kennedy. You know, John F. Kennedy, you know, that's one of my favorite. He he is like one of my favorite presidents, you know. And, and when I look at what he was proposing, it still resonates to this day. You know, I really haven't seen a better president with a better vision than he had. You know what I'm saying? When He said, you know, to ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country and what he was trying to push forward you know uh, another person was Barbara Walters you yep. know Barbara Walters was you know I I, I got interviewed by Logan Crawford and I was telling him I say you know when, when I grew up you know when you made it you know everybody wanted to be on Barbara Walters you know yep. what I'm saying? when Barbara Walters interviewed you that mean hey you done made it yep. so you know that was my my trend of thinking you know I wanted to get so good and be so relevant to the point where Barbara Walters wanted to interview me so I used to also look at Ted Koppel. Yeah. you know, Ted Koppel was a great interviewer. He used to go do the town hall meetings and I've always been conscious of the direction that America was headed in. So, you know, that was my angle, you know, to, to be conscious of how can I be like those guys to help change America. So that was always my thinking.
0: So right now of everybody that's alive on the planet, if you could meet one inspirational person and spend some time with them, who would it be?
1: Wow, that's a good one, that's a good one. You know, over the years, you know, I had a lot of people I wanted to meet, but there's so many people that, you know, once the internet came, you know, they just, you know, they fell off. Yeah. So let me see, who who would that be right now? That's hard, that is so hard. I think, you know, of all the people that I think are still relevant and working, Ooh, that's hard. I don't see nobody. I don't see nobody. I used to want to meet a lot of people, but I don't. I like Jimmy Kimmel. I, I just want to be on the Jimmy Kimmel show, really.
0: Yeah, right Cause, on.
1: Because and because and, I really don't see nobody fighting for us no more. Ted Kennedy died, you know, and I really don't like you know a lot of the politicians that are out here right now. So you know, by all the people that are dying, you know that that really stood for something. You know, I I just don't see nobody that, you know, I could just go meet and say, hey, man, what could you tell me to help me further my mission? And, you know, and like I tell a lot of people, you know, sometimes you can't delegate being a leader. You know, you have to assume that role yourself. And a lot of things that I advocate, I was asking on the phone with a friend this morning. I say, you know, the more I live this life, I see that a lot of stuff that I, I try and see in other people, I have to be that. You know, I'm yeah. the only one pushing for a lot of things that I'm pushing for. So I can't look down here and say, why is he not doing what I am I need to be doing? So as crazy as it might seem, I think I'm going to have to take that leadership uh, role and, and kind of like inject that into other people, make many leaders around the world. So that's what I'm doing.
0: So let me ask you this. As, a, as a, a former athlete and a sports fan, if you could go back in time and see one game with your own eyes – where are you going?
1: I got to see Michael Jordan.
0: Yeah, of course. <laughs> are you kidding?
1: <laughs> I got to see Michael Jordan. <laughs> which game? Uh, uh, uh. I don't. I'm not sure which one. I think either one when he played against Larry Bird or when he played against Magic Johnson. Yeah, one of those two. Because Magic Johnson is like one of my greatest athletes. I like to style. I like to swag. Yeah. But we, when, when he went through his little medical condition, that kind of shortened him. I think he would have gave uh, Mike a run for his money.
0: Oh, yeah, for but, sure.
1: But those teams back then, see, I'm a throwback athlete. So back then you had some super athletes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You had the Denver Nuggets that was scoring like 140 points a game. So, you know, you had Bernard King, Dominique Wilkins. So it was so much, you know, you know. that's why I tell the youngsters, they don't have nothing to compare, you know, stuff to. I can compare this generation against that generation and tell them exactly who was who back then or who's great right now that I can compare back then. And like right now, it's like, even like when they do the the comparison with LeBron J, he he, he doesn't move the needle with me because I know Michael Jordan played against the best competition. When you had legitimate seven foot centers and once you pass, you know, the first line, you got to go to the back line and you got to get up even higher when you get to the to the to the goal so it was a different game but even with kids they don't they don't realize you know what we came from to get right here everybody just thinks about the now so yeah it's just it's just what, what's going on
0: <laughs> yeah so let me ask you this every day you wake up what's your motivation to be an entrepreneur to live your life to evolve what is that motivation for you
1: my motivation is to you know I have a book titled I dream a legend and in that book you know I detail everything that I want to do in life. And and like I said, you know, the whole premise of that was to be interviewed by Barbara Walters, you know, gauging that against all the role models that I had. Uh, you know, I think when people live this life, you know, you know, the way we lived it back then was to, to be great. You want to be great and you wanted people to re- uh remember you for being great. But me being a Christian, you know, it's a little bit different. You know, uh I asked I told this guy the other day, I said God. As everybody has a DVD that they got to present to God and say, hey, God, this is what I did down here. But I think everybody is not in touch with what they're supposed to be doing on Earth. You know, the original thing was to contribute to God's will to have peace on Earth. You know, and by you understanding that that was your duty, that's how you align the things that you're going to be doing in life. So when I wake up in the morning, you know, I love business. You know, I love the books that I write. I love music. But at the same time, the biggest goal that I have is to be responsible for the One Million American March. And uh, what that is going to be, you know, with everybody that has a career, you know, they come to Washington, D.C. for one day, you know, and whatever career it is, whether you're a doctor, lawyer, scientist, whatever it is, we meet in Washington, D.C. and have a whole week of festivities, you know. So that's one of my secret goals that I just really don't share. But that's one of my biggest motivations. You know, I want to be a billionaire, but that's like something that's non-tangible that I want to do and say, hey, Skip, you did that. You know, that's what that would legitimize you as a great, you know. What I'm yeah.
0: yeah, for sure. So of all the things that you've done up to this point in your life, overcome and evolved into, what are you the proudest of? Well, I, what was the last part? What are, you the, what are you the proudest of?
1: Oh, man. You know, I just bought. My first Mercedes. I'm not gonna say that's the that's the proudest moment, but it was it was it was big because of you know me starting my business. You know, in my book, I talk about how you have to have a job, and get D job, and God will reward you with destiny. Job finances the dream, and God will reward you with destiny. And the, what I talk about there is how you might start off being a a, a janitor, but what God wants you to be, you don't even know. know it might end up being something totally different and you know even with the music i love music i love i wanted to be a basketball player you know everything that i've done in life i just it's just i do it and once i get to a certain point in it you know it's like then i go on to something else but i think getting that mercedes not to be material with it but just having that dream and i wrote about it in my book i dream of (laughs) how one day i want to be in a mercedes and that personalized license plate, but I didn't want to use Mercedes, I wanted a new Mercedes, you know, and my thing with getting cars and getting houses is motivation. You know, you, you, you set a goal right here, this is what I want, this is what I'm going to get. So me having my business, I knew that I have to have a certain income to be able to afford Mercedes-Benz. So that's what I do when I go out to work every day. I say, I got to figure out how can I get $10,000 to get a Mercedes Benz or how can I make $10,000 a month to be able to get a Mercedes Benz. So while everybody is driving their Mercedes Benz, I'm trying to get up to that kind of income. So that's how I build my business. I keep on getting clientele and doing whatever it takes to get to that point. So I had a dream, you know, I used to always say, I'm going go, you know how people had a dream. I'm going to call out and play like, I ain't got no money. Yeah. So I went to the car lot and I was in my work truck. And so the other car lot that I bought my truck from, they kept on wanting me to get a Chrysler. Skip, you can get a Chrysler. Carlos Correa drives this Chrysler. You know, I know the guy on the dealership. I like. I don't want a Chrysler. I want a Mercedes Benz. That's my dream to get a Mercedes yeah. Benz. So, I um, I went to the lot and I saw it. I saw the Mercedes. Uh, I saw it. So I, I went over there and I it was in twenty twenty one. It's like, no, Skip, you need sixty. I said, I don't have sixteen thousand. I got ten thousand. You know. So he came back. Yes, Skip. Just please, please, please. I said, no. He said, well, we got another one. We got we got a it from Florida. So he called me back. The next. I said, man, what do you want, man? What do you, why do you keep calling me for He said, I said, please, just come on. You I just want to touch So I got there. He was like, we got the car. It's coming. be." He said, do you have the money? I said, I told you. To. So I pulled the money out of a sock. <laughs> Gave him $10,000 out of a sock. And when I got the car, man, it was like, you know, when I drove it, it was like, man, you know, had all the minutes We turn the seat. Grab you and you know everything was different, so it was like another world. It was like man, I've been driving these other cars, and you know they don't have all this. So it let me know that it was another level to go of luxury that that hard work can take you to. Yeah. So I actually had a great moment uh, last night as well. You know, my daddy was a, a, a Freemason. Uh, my mom's an Eastern Star. You know, so masonry sure is deep in my my lineage. So, you know, I went to a, a new lodge last night, and you know, it was like, you know, I had I had I, had, I was looking for a new lodge and to move. And man, when I tell you, I used to always pass by this lodge, and I used to say, "Man, I want to join this lodge You know, so the actual lodge that I was supposed to go to, I went to another one around the corner, and it, and it's just like what I told the guy about the Mercedes Benz with the other the car dealership. I said, you know. It's just like when you find your wife, you might think this hill is the one, but you know, one this other one didn't want to marry me right off the top. So it didn't turn out right. you know. So when we get in all right, I have to go leave and go to my mom's house and stuff like that. But when I got married to this wife, I haven't even bought a ring. And I told her I didn't want it to be about the ring because I want the ring to be at the ceremony. You know what I'm saying? When the pastor there, but I said, but we need God in our life to govern the relationship. So when we go through bad times, we we'll have somebody to turn to, you know, to tell us what to do. So that's how it's been working, it's been working good. So I went, I got on the phone with the people at the New Lodge that was like, hey, man, I'm looking for a new Lodge. They say, Skip, it's brotherly love over here. And we welcome you. I'm like, you know, I was getting ready to go to this. I say, no, you know what? I say, that's what I want to hear because that's what I want to be the tone of this new year brotherly love. So when I went there last night, man, when I tell you, Man, it was so beautiful. It was just a beautiful ceremony. I couldn't even sleep last night, man. I was just so happy. Yeah. You know, it's like God just been blessing me so much. It's like you were saying in the beginning with the last four years being so bad. It's just like right now stuff is just moving like this, you know, and and it, it's, it's biblical to me because, you know, God say have faith, you know, with everything that you do. So to see me go through everything and not give up. You know, to see it come to a point where now I'm getting everything that God wanted me to have. But I'm not making it just material, but materials come with it because those are my motivation. But that's not the sole purpose of my journey.
0: Yeah. Right on. So let me ask you this. At the end of the day, everyone has a perception of you. Family, friends, clients, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are?
1: You know, I look at it, you know, and, and I try to assume that people would see me as a, a, a great businessman. You know, and I hear a lot of people say it, you know, Skip, you're legendary, you know. But, you know, with me, a lot of those accolades, I see people throw them around loosely, you know. And, you know, I I believe that I want to be that. I talk about it in my book, I want to be a legend. And I'm intentional about doing some of the t- stuff that I do. But my whole thing is, and I, and I promise I was telling my friend that this morning, I said, my journey is different. You know, my plane takes off from a different airport. And one thing I'm learning as I go and as I live this life, a lot of the things that I represent, a lot of people are not going to represent that. You know, diversity is something that a lot of people are not going to represent. You know, truth is something that a lot of people are not going to want to represent, especially my truth. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Because I've been through a lot of diverse experiences. So a lot of the stories that a lot of people tell, I can say, hey, nah, that's not it. And it's going to be some pushback, but I can show them proof. So it's going to be a big fight. But uh, I want to be someone that everybody can look at and say, hey, you know, he earned everything that he got. He just proved a whole lot of the theories that are out there, you know, and that's who he is. You know, dreams do come true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> For sure. So if anyone out there wants to reach out, hire you, get your book, learn more about you, what's the best way to do that?
1: Yeah, you can go to all my social media channels, Skip Flanagan, uh, my books, my albums, uh, everything is on Spotify, YouTube, uh, Your Only Choice is Become Rich. I got a couple more books coming this year. Uh the I Dream A Legend book will probably be out during Christmas, but I got some movies that I'm working on. But like I tell everybody, you know, I'm not finished yet. You know, I'm not ready to say, hey. Skip, you're done. This is what, we're not ready to present that DVD yet. So I'm doing a whole lot of stuff and I just tell everybody keep working, man. Keep showing up for work. You know what I'm saying? And keep swinging the bat and some gonna touch the bat and go out the park.
0: Yep, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Amen. Skip, this has been great, man. Thank you. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for your story. You. Best of luck. Have a great year, man. Are oh, You as well. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino. where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening